But nah, he seems like the, the type of like crazy white dude that like probably be on some like bisexual type shit and then be like, yo, I'm not gay. It's like, what? All right, thanks. I got to edit that out. <laughs> oh my God. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Lex has got all of his controversial takes out before we got started <laughs> the recording. Thank God, because uh, that would have been quite an edit job I would have had to do. Thanks for being back with us. A lot of things have happened. Here's what we're not going to talk about today. Not going to talk about KSI versus Tommy Fury. Lex, did you watch that one? Absolutely not. You didn't miss much. It was perhaps one of the worst fights that I have seen. So we're going to talk about one of the best fights that I have seen in the last few weeks. That is uh, Alexis Rocha and Giovanni Santion. Obviously, there's very big news that we haven't discussed on this podcast yet. We've done it on the Patreon. So if you want to get a, well, a little different flavor that's been on the Patreon, but you know we've discussed it over there. Uh, but if you, you want more, it's over on the Patreon. Uh, PBC um, Showtime, well, not show PBC, Showtime has decided, well, their parent company, Paramount, decided that they will no longer have a Showtime sports department, which leaves our friends PBC uh, soon to be without a network. Is there something we know that you don't? Is there, uh, do we know where they're going to go? We'll discuss that later on in the episode. But for now, I just want to talk a little bit about Giovanni Santion versus Alexis Rocha. I want to start this off by saying that this was a fun fight. A one-sided fight, but but fun. Uh, did you see Alexis Rocha get battered on Saturday night? I saw highlights of the battering. Uh, it, it wasn't pretty. And um, I mean, shout out to Santion. You know, Robert Garcia, trained fighter. I think most people got their first taste of him. Actually, based off of the ratings, not many people did because it was the pandemic and the ratings across the board were horrible during the pandemic. But in the bubble, top rank threw this guy in a match with Antonio DeMarco, fresh out of retirement. And uh, Santion struggled a lot in that fight. Perhaps even losing, deserving to lose, but he got the decision on the cards. Antonio DeMarco, obviously everyone knows you know, a modern day legend. Okay. Maybe just a glue guy, but, um, <laughs> but Santion has gr at least grown a bit as a fighter came into that Alexis Rocha fight and was a man possessed Rocha. I, this was the thing that I didn't really understand is that Rocha was supposed to be the piece. Do you, you remember this Rocha was supposed to be the piece for golden boy to sign Terrence Crawford. Yes, I do remember that. They went so far as to put a picture up of Terrence Crawford, Oscar, and Bernard Hopkins in the Golden Boy headquarters saying like, ooh, big thing's coming. Uh, luckily, that big thing never came for Alexis Rocha because to me, it never made sense. I know what Rocha's level was. I saw him fight Rashidi Ellis and look lost. Uh, ain't no telling the type of beating that Terrence Crawford would have put on him and seeing what he's done to good fighters, great fighters and okay fighters that would not have been pretty. But instead he found himself in the ring with Giovanni Santion. Now Alexis Rocha was the WBO mandatory. This was a fight he didn't have to take, but put his mandatory status on the line in order to get this fight with Santion. And 
I think is probably forever lost his shot at a world title. Um, because if he can't beat a Santion, he just is not going to get to that level. Unfortunate decision-making. And did you see uh, the ex-Golden Boy matchmaker clowning Golden Boy on Twitter saying, matchmaking, you need matchmakers for a reason. Not everybody can do this. This is a skill. I did see that. And I think uh, Roberto was uh, kind of letting them know that you didn't have to have Alexis take this fight. And what you've now done is basically ruined any chance that you be able to make money with this guy. But uh, congratulations to Giovanni Santion. The prediction I think most people have is that at some point in the future, he will be fighting Teofimo Lopez for the vacant or interim WBO welterweight title. So, uh, yeah, let's let's get to the, the, the network stuff. When you first saw this, we were talking before we started recording. Um, when we, when you first saw this, you told me that you didn't really believe. So can you like kind of take us through why you didn't at the, at the beginning? Um, so there's always been such a negative, uh, energy towards anything PBC related. It's always Fox wants to get out. Waddell and Reed are going bankrupt. Showtime is canceling, blah, 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 blah. PBC is over with. And I kind of just charged it to more of those kinds of rumors, and I didn't think much of it. I went to the you know, the extent of even tweeting that it's just stupid. Do you guys ever get tired of the false rumors? But this one wasn't a false rumor. This one was true. But I guess, yeah. like, what makes this one a little different than others of the past is, like, and it's, it's important that listeners understand this. You know, when networks make decisions at, like, the top level, it has less to do with, like, boxing in particular or PBC in particular. These guys don't, like, Paramount is not really, they don't seem too interested in sports or certain types of sports. And so for them to, like, do away with, like, everything sports-related at Showtime, it's not that shocking to me when put into that context. Um, and so, you know, like, it is what it is. This isn't a, uh indictment against PBC. It's not an indictment against boxing. It's not even an indictment against the people at Showtime, who, some of whom I'm not a fan of. But these guys just didn't want to be in sports anymore for the most part. So... Yeah, Dan Raphael did a couple of interviews this past week, and he tried... Yeah, I mean... He, he basically, in one case, like lectured the guys like, look, you have to look at the raw numbers that boxing has done in 2023. Boxing has had a terrific year from the pay-per-views. You know, PBC dropped three pay-per-views with $20 million gates, over $2 million buys uh, combined. You have a bunch of other fights that have done really healthy gates. Be uh, Benavides and Plant, you had the Haney-Lomachenko fight. There are so many fights this year that have outperformed expectation. This is not a decision where they looked at that and said, oh, we don't want any piece of that. It's more a case of like the parent company, Paramount, saying we do not want sports. We already have our own sports department or whatever. And and therefore, you know, we're talk we're looking at things that were set in motion far before any of the stuff happened in 2023 
And I, I know people like to play the the, the Doom game, but it, you know what? At this point, I, I think most of us will say boxing in 2023 has been a great year. We've gotten big fights, and I know like don't do the thing by the way where some people say, well, but the fight wasn't good, and it's like it doesn't matter. Yeah, you, Tim, I hate when people do that. You kind of have to go off of like what you felt about the fight before you actually saw it, which was like. We got like several like dream fight caliber fights, right? We got Tank Ryan, Errol Bud, Fulton Inouye. Mm-hmm. I mean, how how many years can you name where we've gotten that many high caliber fights? It's not common at all. I mean, there's a been a, there's a few more that you didn't say, and then there's other ones that like you can say fall into a weird category of Canelo Charlo, where it's like. Not necessarily was the betting line, or did anybody think this was had potential to be close? Maybe interesting. Maybe you thought, oh, okay, I, I can kind of see it. I don't believe it. Um, but there are fights like that. Uh, there are lower tier fights too that were also really good fights that got made this year. Um, and the the thing is, when we have a conversation mostly around the business of boxing. You always have to look at the, like, you can only sell a fight before it happens. You can never sell a fight afterwards. Maybe if we're discussing a rematch, then that makes sense. But you can only sell a fight before it happens. So when you bring in how the fight played out, that's irrelevant. We want it, you can only say it, um, we're only looking at it from, like, when we got your money. Once we got your money, it don't matter. And so 2023, there there've been a lot of fights that I, I guess you could say maybe De- half Devin of the Haney fights. Devin Haney versus Teofimo also. I, for, I forgot that one. That was a goodie. Uh, Devin Haney versus Lomachenko, you mean? Lomachenko, but Teofimo versus Josh Taylor. Yeah. I mean, I mixed them up, but there, there has been incredible fights this year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I was going to say 50-50 of the fights have been actually entertaining this year and, and lived, or, you know, gotten close to what the hype was supposed to be. You know, I thought Tiafimo and Taylor was, for the most part, a dull fight, even though Tiafimo did look very good in that fight. Most, for the most part, a dull fight. I thought Lomachenko and uh, Devin Haney over-delivered. But anyway, the point I'm making here is uh, just, just to make that distinction clear because some people get lost in it. But now we're... At, and here's a really interesting thing right now. I actually think that we're going to see how things look next year. But... Right now is probably when you want your 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 to be back on the market looking at sports rights, because what we're seeing is that I think there's potential that as things move more into streaming, the rights fees are going to start to go down. Now I don't think it's going to happen in the short term, but I think you know when we're talking closer to 2030, and we can use that number because sports rights typically are pretty long five, seven years or so, 10 years maybe, that's the next wave closer to 2030. I think those are going to go down, I, I'm, I'm anticipating. But, you know, uh, all, all this to say, I'm pretty optimistic. Paramount didn't seem like they had their heart into it, and that's fine. Um, But, you know, you look at 2018, 2019, where Fox got heavily into boxing and what they were able to do, I mean, the foundation, part of the foundation that w- led to these three $20 million pay-per-views 
was through Fox and all the ancillary programming that they did, all the smaller shows that they did, all built up to that. And if we can get something like that uh, again for PBC, you know, we're looking at another, you know, hell of a run that they've been on. And, and this time, hopefully, there's no global pandemic, although maybe there'll be World War Three. I don't know. But, you know, <laughs> maybe. And, and, you know, interesting thing, top ranks got to go to the table, if not next year, I think midway through the following year. So we're talking, I think their deal's up in 2025. So I would assume that next year top rank would be back at the table also to get themselves a new deal. Uh, and I guess, like, the next part of this conversation is, well, what is out there? So you personally, let's start here. You personally, you can pick anything you want. Where would you like to see PBC wind up? Fox. <laughs> Why Fox? I mean, I just, I really enjoyed the partnership before. I think, I think Fox's overall commitment, it's weird because like, I think there are people who disliked Fox and people who mattered that disliked Fox. But from my perspective, as someone who's not like, with the company Fox or PBC. I'm just a fan. I love Fox. I liked how they handled broadcasts. I liked how they marketed the fights. I liked the promo material. I liked the uh, all access material. I liked the, the camera quality. I liked the original announcing crew before they added, uh, what's this goofball's name? Brian Kenny. Uh, Brian, before Brian Kenny, amazing crew. And I, I like that you would get the FS1 card, which would be like three fights. And then the main Fox card, which would be like three or four fights. And they were all well matched. So by the time you were done with your night of watching boxing, you, like I would be so like full off of boxing. It was like a full, a full ass meal at like a delicious restaurant. And so I would love if Fox somehow got back involved i don't know how realistic that is but that that would probably be my favorite uh outcome so let's throw out the particulars here fox about to lose wwe smackdown fox used to have mls um there i think their deal with the mls is a little smaller now because of the apple tv deal do i think fox could be in play here yeah but i don't really think it's likely and the reason for that is pretty simple. Um, if they were so inclined for boxing, why wouldn't they have just reversed the changes that they had made to the deal when the pandemic happened? That is the only thing where I'm like, it doesn't really make sense to me. Also, Saturday nights, at least during the college football season, their Fox's numbers for college football this year have been really good. Part of that has to do with the early success that Colorado and, and Coach Prime had. But overall, um, I think, Fox, at least during college football season, probably isn't trying to preempt that for boxing. So, yeah, I don't know. I think Fox is a long shot. Also, I I will not get behind Fox if they don't change the commentary crew. If in this unrealistic scenario, or at least I believe is unrealistic scenario. Yo, to be honest, like I would take their commentary crew over everyone else's, even if they had Brian Kenny. No. Like Showtime had Showtime was struggling, man. I just was really off the Showtime crew. ESPN is awful to me. And like that leaves like no one. 
there's no one else out there i i think um i disagree with you i mean i don't think i know i disagree with you i'm not saying that showtime's crew was like great or something but you know i don't know dude i can't i cannot co-sign the fox thing i just dislike brian kenny so much like i mean bk sucks he's he's off like he's, fist he's fight terrible. level you know what i'm saying like i would throw down with him no he's bad he's he's bad which by the way a little anecdote i was like sitting in a parking lot and like you know those situations where like somebody like blocks somebody in with their car and like gets out and like cusses at them and stuff that you only ever see like on social media I was witness to of one course. of those. Really? Yeah. And how did it end? They were able to resolve it somehow, some way, but like I was ready to intervene if if necessary. Cause it just looked like one of the dudes was clearly the victim there. And uh I was ready. But my my time did not come. Next time. Next time. Um so if it's not Fox there's a one partner potentially that has been rumored. You want to tell us a little bit about that? I mean, it sounds like it's a not a very well kept secret. It sounds like Amazon is, uh, you know, ahead at the uh, betting table or betting board or however you say it. <laughs> We've been um, keeping like, or I I've been keeping my odds of where I think this is winding up and Amazon is the betting leader right now. Yeah. I mean like, and if people have been talking about this for a while, it might just be a thing where like, it's a poorly kept secret. This has been like negotiated for a while. And like, this is what it's going to end up. It will be Amazon, uh, whether or not that's the case, like we'll see. But I think this presents a unique opportunity for PBC. Cause, and I'm, I'm not like, you're more on top of all this network stuff, way more than I am. But I don't think Amazon has a property right now, like like the majority share, right? They don't have the majority share of NBA games, NFL games, NHL games, MLB games. I don't think they have MLS games. So if, if uh, Amazon takes a big chunk of PBC, this will be like their crown jewel slash showcase experiment to like show what their promos look like show what the quality is show how they can market events and in fights show what they could do with pay-per-view theoretically um they haven't had this opportunity yet so they'll lean into it very hard and uh if it is indeed amazon it'll be a great opportunity for pbc i think so i i don't i mean a couple of things I disagree with, but like, you know, not majorly. Like, I don't know that this would be like the showcase thing that you're saying. Um, because I think what Amazon potentially can do, or at least what I see them doing, is they're trying to dabble in things, but not necessarily be fully committed. Like, they wanted Thursday Night Football. They didn't go too hard at Sunday Ticket. Um, at least not enough to win it. They're, everyone praises most of their Thursday night football broadcasts. Everyone loves the angles. They have like this, I, I was watching the, um, they have like a, a stat 
like a stats broadcast for Thursday Night Football. And I'm watching this thing and it's like it's it's like almost like playing Madden. So you have a, a more zoomed out view so you can see the whole the whole field. And I think most people have seen the clip. There's two red circles pop up over a couple of linebackers. They're lined up. They're not moving. And it kind of just shows like a little message that there's like their potential blitzers. And what do you know? Those two dudes blitz the quarterback. And I think they got a sack or something. And they have like all these crazy, you know, little gadgets and stuff on the screen, which is really cool. But most people seem to love the, the Amazon broadcast. But there's also the news that they they want a piece of the NBA and they want either Tuesday or Thursday. They want like Amazon showcase night for for NBA. Nothing about like having the full slate of games like Apple does with um, MLS or essentially being like League Pass or something. So can I see Amazon trying to come in and like we want like six fight nights or not pro six is probably kind of light, but maybe we want 12 fight nights a year. We don't want any of the small stuff. Just give us 12 big cards a year. We don't want pay-per-view either or something like that. I don't know. Maybe they do want pay-per-view. Maybe they're like, we want six pay-per-views and we're going to also want to do six big boy cards. Uh, what do you guys got for us? Something like that. I don't know. Um, Maybe that's something I can see. Amazon going full in would be sick, I think. Um, the one thing that I was really skeptical about with Amazon, with the NFL, is I thought those numbers were going to be paltry. And they're basically doing close to what they were doing on network TV, which is pretty surprising, but also kind of like streaming on a big level, like Amazon level, has arrived as a pretty viable alternative to network TV. There's only a couple of streaming platforms that like actually have that capability. Amazon, Netflix, and I think Disney Plus. Everyone else is significantly smaller. But I mean, to be with one of the big three, I think Amazon is the second biggest streaming service in the world behind Netflix. Uh, you you really can't go wrong there. The one thing, and I, and I think this, this bodes true for any other platform, is we're leaving Showtime. Showtime has been an institution in boxing. At some point, everyone has loved Showtime. What Whatever point that was, you've loved Showtime. Or you've just come to be comfortable with the broadcast. You know the quality you're getting, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I just want to say that sometimes the grass isn't greener. And sometimes it is a hard transition when you go to a new commentary crew. You go to new production, all that stuff. So I hope people recognize that and realize that you're as boxing fans, you are predisposed to just hate anything new. And so we're probably going to deal with that no matter what happens. But uh, Amazon would mean, I think Amazon would bring in like a fully, completely different crew. I, w- I would expect a fully different crew. I don't think they'll bring in like the same, the same jokers from before. What would you, how would you feel if uh, wherever they went and say Amazon brought in Andre Ward? I'd be pissed off. Why? I, I don't, I don't. I don't like the company man stuff, and that's all Dre is like. Dre is like the king of company man stuff. You complain about non-company guy who's too objective. Like who? Al Bernstein. Al Bernstein is a Twitter guy. Ever since he got on boxing Twitter more recently, he's become like, oh, like, 
like Jamal Charlo needs to fight like his mandatory, the Ukrainian guy that no one gives a fuck about. It's just like, nah, bro, like stay off of Twitter, retire and enjoy your life. We don't we don't need that kind of commentary, please. Uh, Do you think that there's a dark horse here or a wild card? Because, you know, it seems like whenever we think we've got PBC like figured out here, we know what a matchup is going to be. They come out of nowhere and say like, yeah, but what about this? And you're like, damn, I didn't think about that, but that makes a lot of sense. That's actually better than what I thought. Case in point, Canelo versus Jamel. Canelo versus Jamel. Uh, I mean, everyone thought it was going to be Jamal, but realistically, that probably wouldn't have sold as well as Jamel. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, uh, PBC is never predictable. And if anyone thinks they have PBC figured out, they're insane. Like, everything from the start was unpredictable. Like, the, the networks they decide to go to, the way they present the fights, the, the people that they put together to, like, run the events, the fights that they actually put on. So, I, 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 I think there's going to be two networks, to be honest. Like, that's, if, the, if we're going to make any predictions, my prediction is there will be a second network. It's going to be Amazon and someone else. I don't know who someone else is. Your guess is as good as mine, but there, there. I guarantee you there will be someone else. My wild card, I have two wild cards, okay? One is like a safe wild card, and one is just crazy. My safe wild card that is actually probably less likely than the crazy one is Apple. And I just feel like when I was reading about Apple's negotiations with the Pac-12, one and with the MLS, one of the things that Apple put into the contract was we will pay less, but we will incentivize you. We are, I mean, effectively going to do pay-per-view like subscriptions. We're trying to sell subscriptions here. If you sell subscriptions, we will pay you more. You will get a cut of this. And that seems very much in line with how PBC does things. And so I'm thinking that Maybe that's something that like Al Heyman goes for. Says like, hey man, you, you're speaking my language. We bet on ourselves over here. And we're willing to do it. Absolutely. And so I can see Apple going full on. They, I think Apple's got like 70, 60, 70 million subscribers. At least that's what it's estimated to have. I mean, that's same reach as basic cable at this point. And so... You know, you have enough subscribers. You have, um, obviously, Apple's known for the great, you know, visual stuff. Uh, and you have a, a, a platform that is going to have, you know, they want all the way they have the MLS. And so I think it could be a pretty good fit there. My crazy, my crazy, my other crazy wild card is YouTube. And I think at some point, you know, we saw YouTube, well, technically YouTube TV, but I don't know if you're familiar with this, but YouTube has channels. You can literally subscribe to a channel and just like consume the channel through YouTube and you can get Sunday ticket without actually having YouTube TV. You can just do it through YouTube. At some point, some sports league is going to go that route. I don't think it's going to be PBC, but like. If you're 
at this point, YouTube is the biggest video streaming platform on earth. At some point, somebody's going to say, look, why are we messing around with carriage fees in these companies where, you know, there's churn and there's unavailability, there's uh, disputes, all this stuff that comes with the drama of these networks and streaming services. We just go straight to YouTube. Everyone's got YouTube. It's free. And all you got to do is subscribe to the channel and you have it. It's pure a la carte type of programming, which is what people want. Or we've said we want it. Remember the dream like, you know, 20 years ago of like, I want cable, but I really only just want to pay for three channels, which we kind of got. And now it's like just too expensive at this point. So yeah, that is my super wild card. What do you think of my ideas? I mean, I think they're all realistic, right? Like, I one thing I feel PBC has a huge, uh, it'll help them. Well, I think whatever is happening, it's happened already. So it'll, it helped them that boxing over indexes uh, black and brown. I think a lot of these networks want black and brown content. And when I say that, I mean like, like African-American and like Latino. And so like whichever direction they they go, they be, they'll be able to sell like, hey, we have Tank Davis who just did a million pay-per-views. We have Canelo Alvarez who has just done a million pay-per-views. And I think that'll appeal to, to all these tech companies because the truth is we're still in the infancy of like sports and tech companies. We don't know, like we're, we're just, we're, we're on the baby steps essentially. So this will give whoever is interested a chance to like get a little further and maybe start walking and then start sprinting, right? So I think it could be Apple. I think it could be YouTube. I think it could be Amazon. I'm not, n- none would shock, nothing would shock me. What would shock me if it's just, if, if it's just one network or one company, if it's just, if it's all with Amazon, I would be surprised. I think it's going to be two. If it was, it might shock me actually if it's two tech companies. I will say that because I think if I'm Amazon, I don't want to compete with like YouTube or Apple. I want an exclusive deal that you can't rock with one of them or any of them. I think, uh, would you be okay if it was all Fox? Uh, If, if the commitment was big, yes. Well, it's got to be big. Like, you know, they have, I mean, PBC's got the biggest roster. They need the most amount of dates. I think if it's one, it's got to be a big deal. Yeah. I mean, if it is one, it will be a huge ass deal. But I, again, I still, I would like that, but I, I just, again, PBC never comes predictably, man. They never do. Never. And I'm not going to sit here and like go through examples, but it's it's always some like, like, damn, like I never saw that coming. I would have never predicted that. So Whatever they do, it's going to be, I think it'll be good. I think people like it. I think it'll be good for the sport. And I think it'll be a good platform for like the guys we like, right? Like the Tanks, the Canellos, the Terrence Crawfords, who, whatever happens next, like it's going to benefit those guys for sure. Um, You know, if you're wondering like how come, you know, because I, oh, I don't know. Dan made it very clear. So it was funny. Dan, within the span of 24, Dan Raphael, by the way, in the span of 24 hours, went from saying, I'm hearing the Amazon rumors and 
it doesn't sound like a deal is close. It's they're very far apart. Won't be anytime soon. And Chris Mannix basically said, "Yep, that's what I'm hearing from my sources." Okay, who these sources are, I don't know. Within like a day or two, Dan did a pod, another podcast, and he did it with um, I don't know who that guy is, but he did another podcast and completely changes to tune and said, "I." So I've now spoken to somebody with PVC, like an actual employee of PVC and asked them, you know, try to get clarification on the Amazon deal. And they said, naturally, they weren't going to tell you who it was, but they had no care in the world. They just took the perspective of wait and see. Uh, we got, you know, you'll, you'll know what's coming next very soon, but they seem to have no problem whatsoever. And Dan took that to mean that if like they have a deal that's either already done or very close to being done. And so now the question is, well, when are we going to know about it? I mean, is that a question for me? It's kind of rhetorical. I mean, you can try to answer, but I think we both know. I think No, I, I think we'll get it in. It'll be late December or like the first few weeks of January. And my theory is that you know, I, I think PBC, the culture at PBC is very respectable. They don't want to rain on anyone's parade. They don't want to, like, I think, belittle people that they've worked with. And I just think, like, they have, they've had a really strong working relationship with Showtime. And I, I don't think it would be kind of PBC to announce whatever they're doing next while they're still in business with Showtime. You know, they're people that, they they appreciate, I'm sure, Steven Espinosa, Steve Farhood, Al Bernstein, Mauro Ronaldo, whoever else, you know. Um, and so yeah, I don't I don't think they're gonna announce until like David Benavidez, Boo Boo fight is out of the way, and that whatever that December card is, I don't know, it's like gonna be Lar versus Garcia and Keith oh. versus Stanionis. I don't I think we'll have to wait for that shit to end before we have like the announcement, whatever the announcement is. So I I don't know if, so one, I get what you're saying and the sentiment there, which is like, be respectful. You don't want, essentially you don't want to throw dirt on anybody's grave, you know? But at the same time, you do have fights to announce. And I know that they got fights in January and February. I mean, just from the sheer lack of their roster and stuff, they, you know, tanks, said beginning of the year so i would assume tank is going to be fighting in january or december you're gonna have to announce that fight like at the earliest or at the latest in early december and so although they did announce the hector garcia fight pretty late and tank tweeted out like what do they think i'm michael jackson how am i supposed to sell tickets here and it turns out (laughs) it's like actually you, you kind of are michael jackson at this point um but I, I think at some point, I mean, maybe you wait till the Benavides andre fight is out of the way. But, like, on you know, also, this is business. You know, you got a business to run here. And I think that you you got to keep the public informed at some point. Maybe they don't agree with that, but that's kind of how I feel about it. I'd announce it. I mean, I wouldn't care. I mean, the only thing I'd probably be concerned about is, like, am I going to confuse people? But, I mean... Do you really have to operate like the consumers are morons? I don't. I don't know. 
Um, I mean, do you have to act like the consumers are morons? I mean, is is that the issue though, or is it like, like what's the true issue, right? Like, why are they waiting? Like, I mean, it could just be contractual. What, what stuff. do you think? Like, why do you think they're waiting? Well, I mean, I think you're probably closer to right, which is it's like you want to be respectful. Um, maybe you don't want to confuse people, and and you know send mixed messages. Maybe the Showtime Paramount people were like, hey, can you like uh, not announce it until like, you know, December so we can get everyone to pay like two more months of subscription, you know, maybe. But I, I mean, I really don't know. All I know is what I would do in this situation. And you also don't want to like, I think if you announce like ASAP, right, it may take a little bit of shine away from David's. David and Andrade's fight and whatever the headliner is for the like December joint. And so the, I, I think the timing will be like appropriate. Like when that timing is, who knows? But I think like, I, I mean, the PBC does things correctly. I have no doubts. I mean, I have a crazy idea. It's obviously not what's going to happen, but it is a crazy idea, which is if you got it, announce it and work out a deal so that both platforms you know whether it be uh if it's amazon you can buy the showtime pay-per-view through amazon and get people started since you're obviously not committed to sports what the fuck do you care if people are you know not ordering the pay-per-view or watching the boxing directly through your platform in the last couple of months of the year and that would be fire the, i mean that was how it uh played I out yeah i don't i don't think that's realistic i think business people are not too keen to leave money on the table, which they probably would see that. But, you know, just an idea. So real quick, like, did I ask you or did we discuss, like, what is your dream scenario? Um, I think selfishly. Okay, my dream scenario is a scenario that, well, my dream scenario is Netflix. That, Interesting. That's the dream scenario right there. I think Netflix has a demo that, you know, you think of a Netflix subscriber and it's basically everyone, but you th you think of a more younger demo than every every other streamer. I feel like every other streamer is is like geared towards adults or children and Netflix is like, uh, we kind of want the middle ground. You know, they got a lot of shows that, you know, teenagers watch. Like, I've never seen a teenager watch anything other than Netflix. And does does that mean that maybe you don't have as engaged of an audience as these other platforms? Possibly. But I think Netflix, given the fact that they're the biggest streaming company in the world, they're the only somewhat profitable, at least showing a profit streaming company in the world, I think that is the end goal. You also have very little competition. I think Netflix is going to show their first sports event next month or the following month, which is like a, a, like a kind of like a a gimmick golf match and they said that they're they're interested and they are in sports they've done wonders with the f1 series which they obviously have done a great job in like the documentary style but they don't actually even have the rights to f1 and they didn't even win them when they came up but that would be the dream scenario selfishly though i i really don't like netflix i think their show quality is really poor 
in my opinion. If you like Netflix shows, I mean, cool. I don't mean to shit on, you know, Netflix, but Stranger Things. <laughs> I do love Stranger Things. Okay, that is that. I mean, do I think Stranger Things is a great show though? Uh, all I'll say is I know I enjoy it, but I don't know if I can objectively say that that show is just like you know, like that show ain't Succession. I'll say that. It's definitely better than Succession. Let's be honest. No, no, no. <laughs> um, if it goes to Amazon, I'm okay with it. I do like. I've watched a couple of things on Amazon now, and I, I, I kind of liked what I've seen. And um, I guess selfishly though, if you just ask like you personally, it would be Apple TV. It's the cheapest streaming service. It's got a lot of reach. Um, it's got a decent amount of subscribers. I think it's got more than Peacock. Um, I, I, I just I like the baseball broadcast that they've done. I like the clean interface. Uh, I have an Apple TV, and so that integration will be sick. So yeah, that's what I would prefer but i think the dream scenario from somebody who wants to see the sport grow wants to see the sport on a platform that has you know close to 300 million subscribers you got it it's got to be netflix do i think it is though no i don't think so yeah i would be shocked if it was uh, netflix if it was netflix man i mean i guess like, i wouldn't be shocked but it would be like if I had to like bet, it wouldn't be the I wouldn't bet on Netflix. Who do you think would have like the wonkiest broadcast? It's got to be Netflix, right? When you say wonky, do you mean like like trash or like I don't? It doesn't even have to be bad. It's just like okay, this is kind of weird and different. Yeah, definitely Netflix. Like I think Apple has kind of like they've done other sports before, so I could see like all right, you guys kind of get it now. Amazon, you guys get it. Uh, YouTube. Um, shit, they dust, how funny would it be if like, it goes like boxing goes back to HBO and, <laughs> but HBO with all the same stuff, except not the same commentary team. Oh man. Um, who else is out there? It's like basically it, it could have been Peacock. I actually thought that Peacock had a really good shot until the boxer news. And if you guys aren't, don't know what I'm talking about. Boxer, the UK promotion that's taken over the Sky Sports deal in the UK. Um, I guess I should talk about that a little bit. Um, but they now have signed a deal with with Peacock and, and NBC Universal. Well, we're going to see those UK boxer cards on Peacock. And they, they said that there will be a couple of cards on NBC. But I'm in the wait and see. I'll believe it when I see it. Because... When PBC signed their deal with ESPN way back when, they said there would be cards on ABC. There were never cards on ABC. When Top Rank signed the deal with ESPN, they said there would be cards on ABC. To date, no cards on ABC. So I think that they are filthy liars. (laughs) And I'm going to assume that NBC is going to do the same thing here. I will say the one thing I am concerned about is I do hope that there is a traditional network partner because I think boxing needs to be easily accept accept Jesus Christ accessible mm-hmm. so these pay-per-views can be sold. Yep. I don't know 
you know, like the only experience we have with pay-per-views on the app is the zone and that wasn't that great or hasn't been that great so i'd like for there to be something that's just like right on your tv switch it on it's not that difficult it could be in the on in the background of like a sports bar or wherever and that'll help you know some of the bigger guys uh promote their big fights you know it's interesting you brought that up now one obviously i agree with you but you kind of pointed to something else which is that I saw a lot of people making this weird false equivalency to like, oh, but, you know, don't come and say this streaming thing could work now when you guys didn't say that with the zone. And the response to that is a really simple one, which is the world has changed. They signed the zone, the, the, the world we lived in in 2018, when the zone deal got made, when HBO bowed out of boxing, when Fox got into boxing. That is a vastly different world to the one we live in now. Streaming ex- became accelerated through the through the pandemic. We've seen investment from big tech, you know, Amazon, into streaming over the past couple of years, well, literally last year, and the groundwork has been laid where the future and the end is in sight. We can see it now, whereas before we hadn't. You know, in 2018. The CEO of Disney was saying like, look, streaming, that is the future, but it is not a future that we see for at least 10 years. And so we're now within in a very short amount of time, thanks in large part due to a, a global pandemic that has pushed us closer into a world where streaming is basically the dominant way of viewing. Now, it's still not, but we're getting a lot closer. So it is a false equivalency to assume that you have apps with hundreds of millions of subscribers versus one that literally launched in the US from zero. Uh, just not at all the same thing. But I agree with you. Back. To I mean, your... why Why would anyone compare DAZN and freaking Amazon? Like, I... Do Do people understand like... No. <laughs> with like households, downloaded apps, like there's no comparison to be made. No. One is in like a bazillion households and one, the other probably isn't in a million households or, or, or whatever. There's probably a hundred memberships or subscriptions, however you want to say it. So it's not, it's like a horrible comparison. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just want to point that out there because, you know, some people, I, I had seen that. I'm like, come on, people. Uh, All right. Did, okay. I already talked about the Peacock thing. Was Wait, was there another question that you asked me? I don't think so. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't ignoring your question um so yeah showtime i mean if you really think about it if ever there was a time where showtime was gonna gonna leave and obviously at some point everything comes to an end i mean they basically are going out with a bang like if you really think about it from their origin how they got started being second fiddle to hbo but always having enough to be like, not necessarily on the same level, but like, you know, a formidable rival. You got to go back to like, you know, they they start off with Hagler Mugabe. And in the early 90s is when Showtime makes like their first super big play, which is they take Mike Tyson away from HBO. And HBO went on a complete rampage trying to, 
smear Tyson saying that he only cared about money and like Don King for all that you could say about him made a really smart move, which is that he saw pay-per-view was the future. He saw that, um, how do I say this? He saw that the most money that he was going to get was from pay-per-view. And rather than just stay under contract with HBO where they dictated all the terms, he said, I'll create my own. And he created King Vision and he partnered with Showtime, which enabled him and and Tyson, but also him, to make a lot more money Hmm. by effectively being a partner in the pay-per-view and letting Showtime share in it which obviously was a much better deal than what HBO was offering, you know, everyone else, including Tyson. And, you know, they would be the alternative for most of their their existence. And by alternative, I mean the Pepsi to HBO's Coke until they weren't. You know, they signed Floyd and flipped the entire script. And I think since signing Floyd, uh, Showtime took over as the leader and as more outlets have gotten invested into boxing showtime has improved over the years and for them to finish on a high with these three big pay-per-views uh and a couple of you know little decent smaller ones i and I, that i'm referencing the the two benavides ones we're going to get I, and i i think it's a hell of a way to end it with you on top is what i'm what i'm saying yeah, I mean, Showtime has been extremely dedicated throughout, you know, their history in the sport. They've always been a, they started out as a very high quality alternative and they became like the the bar um, when, uh, you know, cementing their Floyd deal. And, and they, like you said, they went out on top. This year has been a banner year for the sport. It's been nothing but bangers the entire year. Some of the fights were more competitive than others, but I don't think that matters because they all provided the hype that boxing deserves. And um, I mean, shout out, like I've all, I'm, I'm a big Espinosa fan. Shout out to Espinosa. I feel like he's, you know, like the front line of, of the movement. So he definitely put on. I guess uh, one thing that you would hope is that there's obviously a lot of expertise, Steven Espinosa, certainly one of them, but there's a lot of expertise at Showtime and you just hope that somehow, some way it gets dispersed throughout boxing so that we don't lose it. Certainly, I think the the brain trust probably finds a way to stay within boxing. And I think whether you're PBC or anybody else, you'd be stupid not to try to to bring them in-house. Although, as we've seen with Roberto Diaz, Golden Boys matchmaker, who's, you know, one of the better ones in the in the business, he's kind of floating as a free agent still. So maybe that isn't the case. But um when HBO ended, we saw a dispersion of their people. You know, the the 24-7 team, I don't know if people know this, but the 24-7 team moved to Fox. And they were the ones that, the people who did 24-7 were the ones that did Fox's fight camps. So same, it's the same production team for that. A lot of their, like, you know, event production people went to zone. I don't think they're there anymore, by the way. I have not seen anybody familiar in a while. Um, but yeah. At some point, we got to do a longer Showtime podcast, you know, kind of like listing off the best Showtime fights that we remember. Lex will list like 15 fights and 
13 will be <laughs> from the last three years. Nah, I'll definitely have some uh, some classics. You're, you're going to from... go like Vasquez, Marquez, obviously Corrales, Castillo, and then like Broner, Malinaji. Nah, Broner, Malinaji doesn't make my list. You, you have to put on... You have to put on Frock versus Taylor. Oh, yeah, you're a big Carl Frock fanboy. But that fight was fire. Like, that was a banger. That was a great fight. Um, I wonder if I could just, like, Google best Showtime I boxing wonder, match. I mean, I would probably most likely come up with fights that I just personally like more so than fights that are great. Like, Donaire Darchinian won. It's a good one also. That's just an amazing fight. Abner Mares versus um, Joseph Egbeko when Mares clearly should have been DQ'd for, for low blows. That is perhaps one of the greatest experiences I've ever had watching boxing, <laughs> watching that fight. If you've never seen it before, oh my God, it's just such a great fight. I mean, actually, it's not a great fight, but it's a great experience because like, it's like a movie Abner keeps throwing, like, and Abner's just throwing a lot of body shots. So it's like, I don't think he was like purposely throwing low blows. And if you've ever seen Joseph Egbeko fight and seen Abner Mars fight, you know Abner Mars didn't need to low blow this guy to beat him. But Abner's punches were straying low. And he kept getting warnings, but never a point taken away. And then, but the ref kept stopping and telling him, keep, keep your punches up. And Abner's like, okay, okay. And then he throw another one, and, and and then later in the fight, Agbeko throws a punch, and it goes low, and the ref stops the action and takes a point from Agbeko, and I remember Al Bernstein losing his shit on commentary, because they're like, "Oh my God, are you gonna take a point now, off the guy who's not throwing the low blows?" Ah, oh, it's such a good fight. Yeah, the the final like Showtime like I, I they're gonna put together like a highlight reel. That shit's gonna be fire. I mean, I know what they're gonna put on it though. They're gonna put th- that fucking showbox clip of the two guys knocking each other down at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it might be predictable what they put up put on, but it's still gonna be dope. Like, I think you gotta do two, and you gotta do a showbox clip, like clips from showbox, and then clips from Showtime, like not showbox, because like it's just gonna be like. A bunch of dudes' first fights, you know, like at Andre Ward's first fight and Errol Spence's first fight, Tim Bradley, like, okay, I don't want to see that. I want to see, like, Polly Malignaggi almost losing to Lovemore Indu. You want, like, I want to see cuts, basically. I want to see Ricky Hatton just, like, pummeling Costa Zoo. <laughs> uh, let me think. Something else. I want to see... I want to see Jose Cito Lopez breaking Victor Ortiz's jaw. Like I said, you want the hidden cuts. That's what I want. Like, because, look, okay, they're going to put it, they're obviously going to put Wilder knocking out Brazil. You have to. Uh, I'm trying, let me think. Uh, you got to put, yeah, Frotch Taylor. You got to put, um, you got to put Andre Durrell getting punched in the back of the head by Arthur Abraham. <laughs> you, you gotta put was Frotch Butte on Showtime? It had to have been. It was the Super Six, wasn't it? No, it was. Or no, Super no, it Six. wasn't. It, it wasn't. Ah, oh, what the hell network was that on? It's a good question. I don't, I'm not I don't sure. Remember. Um, Wild Ortiz should is Showtime, I think. Right, the first one. 
Yeah, the first one. The, the, I mean, Dion doesn't have a lot of clips there because that dude has slept a lot of dudes, and he had a lot of memorable moments. The the Spielka knockout. The I think they're going to put him beating St- the the, the Stavern rematch. The Brazil knockout. Uh, the uh the knockdown from the first Fury fight. All right, what else do we got? For Deontay. Wilder losing, like, what he lost, like, not just the fight, but everything that came with the fight is, like, it's such a loss to the sport that, like, let's just be objective, right? Hate Wilder or love Wilder, that man brought a lot of excitement to the sport, and Fury doesn't bring jack shit, so. Hey, man, yeah, Fury fights this week. Yeah, no one's talking about it. We, we, we're, like, 90 minutes in the podcast, and we didn't say anything about it till now, talking about Wilder. Because, but guess what? I don't want to talk about it. And Ganu looks like an idiot on the pads. Fury is an idiot. It's not that interesting. I'm gonna talk to you off when we stop recording. But off wax. I have a I have a take about that fight that I cannot give in public. <laughs> um, not yet, at least. Uh, but yeah, I I think um, you know, I was actually thinking of just like downloading a bunch of Showtime fights and making my own highlight like thing because obviously I don't have enough stuff to do, but you, you know, I don't think I'm going to do that, but I would put just all of my clips, you know, I don't really care about, I mean, I kind of care about Carlos Castillo, but what I really want is like Matisse getting rocked in the first round by John Molina. Yeah. I mean, the hidden cuts are always more fun. It's like, we've seen the gen, like, we know the, the the big hits, right? Like you said, like Corral Steel, whatever else. Like we we know those ones. We've seen it for years. Bring out the hidden cuts. Omar Figueroa versus uh, Nero. What is his name? Arakawa. What was his first name? I don't remember what his first name is. Uh, but that that like that that was a fight where like the dudes just landed like four hundred punches each on each other. I'm not even sure I remember that one. It's it was Showtime. They, what they should do. If I was working there, I would do a hidden cuts mix on YouTube. And it's like an hour long of just like like rounds, knockdowns, good calls, trash talking, promos, just all kinds of stuff. I'm I'm down. I'm I'm totally down. Of course down you're down, but it would be nice if you, Showtime was down because like they have the actual uh <laughs> whatever like masters they, or whatever yeah you call it. i was gonna say like i can probably get those but they, they they probably get it a lot easier than me uh oh here's here's one here's one there's a certain guy who might have murdered his wife and himself you think he shows up in the highlight reel of course you think they 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 uh show the bad boys of boxing in their highlight reel <laughs> what do you mean bad boys with bad boys <laughs> the guy's currently incarcerated uh, I mean, I don't know, to be honest. I mean, I, I just hope, like you said, I hope they don't go generic. I don't, I don't want that. That's like, they're better than that. Are they? I hope so. <laughs> I think so. We, we hope. All right, let's wrap it up right here. Guys, thanks for listening. Uh, I get, I mean, there's some things happening this week we didn't talk about. My apologies. We'll get to that. Head over to the Patreon if you want. Um, there's a f- far more nuanced podcast on the network stuff. If that one, if this one wasn't enough, there's more conversation about each of the networks and you know what could or could not be coming there in terms of boxing. So thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, 
get to the Patreon. You can sign up over there. Then you can get into the Discord, have these conversations live. I mean, it's a great deal if you ask me. All right. Thanks for listening.